Oh, truth and diversity come to Radio Simi. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Radio Simi. I'm your co-host, Dayton Denner. And I'm your host, Aliyah Ewing. This week, we'll be interviewing community leader and 805 Resistance founder, LaShawn Aaron, going over the latest news and more Simi Valley updates. Remember, if you have any ideas, suggestions, or just want to come on our show, reach out to us at tiny.cc slash Radio Simi form. Here's some updates about what's going on in Simi Valley and the greater area. Police Chief Livingstone has released a statement stating that he condemns the attack on the Capitol and that no Simi Valley officer was involved. Don Gray was appointed to be the new planning commissioner after John Castleberry resigned. Southern California Edison has temporarily shut off power to more homes in Simi Valley this week. Strong winds have resulted in a fire in Ventura County on Herbs Road. The fire reached 250 acres and smoke can be seen in the southwest area. Ventura County is suing the gym Anytime Fitness for violation of COVID-19 orders. A 15-year-old boy has passed away due to complications with the coronavirus. Donations can be made to help the family with the expenses of their medical bills and funeral service. You can donate at gofundme.com f slash braden wilson memorial services. We had some birthdays this week, so happy birthday to Jan Glasband, my good friend and our graphic designer. Also, happy birthday to Cameron Chase Neal, and happy birthday to Jennifer Welker. K-Dog says he loves you and that you complete him. He is so lucky to have had you in his life for the last 21 years. If you're interested in giving someone you know a birthday shout-out, let us know at tiny.cc slash form. This is Simi Business. My family loves, loves, loves eating bread. Like, I swear we eat bread all the time. <laughs> like, for Christmas this year, my big gift was I got a bread maker. Ooh. And, yeah, it was really exciting. I'm 100% convinced that I got the bread maker, not because I wanted the bread maker, but because my family wanted bread. And so they gave me a bread maker. That way I would be forced to make them all bread. Where's my bread? Yeah, I didn't make you any. <laughs> um, so the bread itself is really, really delicious, but I haven't like quite mastered it yet. So none of the bread actually tastes like what it's supposed to taste like. So for example, I wanted to make a BLT, but we didn't have any sandwich bread. So I made the sandwich bread recipe that came with the, the bread maker. Right. And it came out tasting almost like shortcake. And then I tried to make a loaf of cinnamon swirl bread, and it came out like the bread you used to be able to get at Macaroni Grill. Ooh, right, yeah, right. and that, that's my favorite bread. Like, I'm, I'm so upset they closed down. And although I didn't get any cinnamon swirl bread, at least now I'm excited that I can try and make my own homemade Macaroni Grill. <laughs> so if you're, if you're like me and you can't quite make your bread as well as you would hope to, you can check out our daily bread maker at 380 Jeremiah Drive, Unit E to get some fresh bread for any holiday or to just eat at home. So while I started making bread, um, my sister recently took up to making bagels. She loves bagels so much, almost as much as I love bread. She did say at one point in time, I don't know how old she was, maybe she's like 13 or something like that, that she would marry a bagel. Like that was her plan <laughs> too, <laughs> at the too. age of 13. That's Anyways. still my plan. Just <laughs> 
so although Mariah, I love you and your bagels are delicious, they're not quite as good as John's Bagel Deli, which is my family's favorite bagel place. Uh, uh, we love bread mm. and we love John's Bagel Deli. We've been going there for decades. My parents have been going there before I was born, so 18 plus years we've been shopping there. We know the owners, they're super sweet and they make the best bread. They sell mm. out after like 2 p.m. Um, and so you have to get there. I think they close at like 4 p.m off the top of my head not that i memorized it but i i memorized it and then they're also closed on sundays anyways you can find them at 1706 erringer road unit 3. our director of outreach adam fusich he was messaging me some like places for us to add and he said that his favorite pizza place was omar's and guido's pizza and pasta on 1877 royal avenue he says it's the best pizza in simi valley I know some places that would challenge that title. For example, Toppers. If you disagree, you can reach us at tiny.cc slash Radio Simi Forum and let us know what you think is the best pizza place in Simi Valley. Unfortunately, this upcoming place is not related to bread. The Simi Valley's Farmer's Market is now open. You can find them on Fridays at 11 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. They're at 2757 Tapo Canyon Road in the Regal Theater's parking lot. Um, I've drove past them a couple of times when I was getting Panda Express, which I eat an unhealthy amount of. <laughs> and every single time I want to stop and buy something because I love going to like the farmer's market type things, but I never have any money on me because I just spent it on Panda Express. But that's okay because you're going to pay for it for me, right, Dayton? Um, <laughs> Please. I don't have any money. <laughs> The Simi Valley Public Library is selling full bags of books for only $5 each. Each bag contains anywhere between 8 to 15 books for pre-K to 6th grade and young adults. All the money goes back to the library for new materials. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. You pay in cash and you can call 805-526-1735 for more information. Here are some COVID-19 updates. As of January 8, 2021, there are 1,372 new cases of COVID-19, 425 hospitalizations, 81 of the ICU, adult ICU bed availability across Ventura County remains at zero. Now let's get into politics. The Simi Valley Police Department is now having quarterly town halls which, not to brag, but I do want to mention that a big part of that came from CCSVPD, which stands for Community Collaboration with the Simi Valley Police Department. The Community Collaboration with SVPD is a group that the school board members, Sophia Bagdasarian, founded, along with me, Jan Glasban, Matt Finton, who's my best friend. I don't think I'm his best friend, but I, but I, he's definitely one of my best friends, which is a little sad. Um, anyways, Matt Finton, he's one of our donors. You guys have probably heard his name a million times, um, but we founded it with him and Lizzie Whitlock. We've had a few in-person meetings with the Simi Police Department, and at one of them, Sophia Bagdasarian mentioned that she would like to have the Simi Police Department host town halls. She gave them the idea. She described what it would be, how it would work. We told them that we would prefer for it to be quarterly, which means it's every three months. 
So a big shout out to my friends at CCSVPD because I do contribute a lot of this to them. The police town hall is very similar to the city council meetings, except that instead of having city council there, you have the police department, including the police chief, Commander Shorts, and then they bounce back between a few other commanders to share some more SIMI updates with you. If you're interested in learning more about the Simi Valley Police Department's town hall, you can register at local.nixle.com slash alert slash 8466020. Now we'll be interviewing LaShawn Aaron, community leader and 805 Resistance founder. Thank you so much for joining us, LaShawn. I really appreciate you coming here. You're so welcome. I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad you guys asked me. Lots to talk about. <laughs> Can you tell us a little about yourself? Sure. So um, I grew up in Oxnard, California, so I'm not too far from home, <laughs> living in uh, Thousand Oaks, Conejo Valley area now. We've been here for about uh, six years. I'm a single adoptive parent um, of a teenager, and I am obviously the co-founder of 805 Resistance. I also have my own business that I started about four years ago called Getting It Together Coaching which for me was like a transition um, coming out of the mental health and social services field, which is my background. Um, I was there for, uh, in that field for about 25 years and just wanted to do something a little bit more, um, help people in a bit more creative way, be able to get out of the box a little bit more. So I created um, my coaching business and very passionate about social justice issues, racial justice, things that affect marginalized communities. One thing about me that some people may not realize, I hope that they do, is that I am a Christian, but I do not subscribe to the white supremacy notion that is very rampant in the um, Christianity faith. So it's a little bit, little bit about me in a nutshell. What is 805 Resistance? That's a good question. So 805 Resistance is a grassroots organization. Um, our decision to organize and facilitate uh, change within our community is one that we are very committed to. Um, after the murder of George Floyd, we collectively um, got together at, as a group of friends and um, we had already been doing some advocacy work just on a personal level, individualized. And we knew that we had to come together to do something that was bigger and to use the energy that was in this, this movement because we understood it was movement. So um, we're grassroots and we are here to organize and strengthen our level of commitment with other community partners, community partners as well to make the, the changes, um, very strategic changes in local and national policy. What are some of the programs and committees you have at 805 Resistance? That's a good question. Um, so I'm just going to explain a little bit about our subcommittees before I talk about um, the ones that we have. One of the things that we recognize, obviously, is like with systemic racism, it's systemic. So it affects like all these different areas. And although with our subcommittees, we are not covering them all, all the areas, but it's a for us, we feel like it's a good start um, to start um, chipping away at the systemic racism. So some of the subcommittees we have are we have just general volunteers, like people that want to start helping with like trash pickups, social media, administrative stuff. Community outreach is one of the bigger social subcommittees that we have. And it's one that we've been promoting and really trying to get people um, involved in. And that is where city council meetings 
um, where we want to start advocating through legislators and stuff like that. That's the committee where it all goes down. So that's where we do our email campaigns, phone banking. You know, we see these action items come up all the time with like, oh, send this email to city council for a public comment. And it's oftentimes either the day of or the day before. So everybody's like scrambling to get this information out. Um, that subcommittee is a way for us to be a little bit more organized and strategic and also involve community partners from all areas of Ventura County so we can have people coming on board and we can really plan to, to get the information out. The other one is our SRO project. So that's a bigger um, subcommittee that we know is going to take all hands on deck because, you know, these a lot of the school districts and families are very they have a false sense of security knowing that the police are on campus and for our black and brown kids they don't have that sense of security a lot of times they see the police as a threat and we know that this also is the gateway to school to prison pipeline so we really want to work and be strategic with the districts and our local police departments as well as community community members to advocate to remove these school resource officers another subcommittee is lgbtq plus rights so that there's going to be a lot of different things that are involved in that, but events, collaborations, et cetera. Um, mental health and wellness for BIPOC. We know that, you know, with systemic racism comes the generational trauma. And that's something that a lot of people aren't talking about or addressing. So we really, I'm, I'm actually leading that subcommittee because I feel very strongly and obviously, you know, mental health is my jam. So it was for us something very important. So there's going to be um, activities, events, and education, and again, bringing in community partners and also identifying BIPOC service providers because there's not very many of us out there, um, very sp spread, like far few in between. So we want to be able to create access and awareness for BIPOC. Environmental justice is another one. That one, again, we know that typically speaking that Black and uh, Indigenous people of color are usually in those environments that um, have the highest level of uh, toxicity, uh, toxic waste, excuse me. Um, I mean, if you look at Flint, Michigan, that is like the perfect um, sad example of how environmental injustices impact communities of color. So we want to target that area. The other one is um, immigration rights and DACA. So we were super excited when the Supreme Court decided to overturn Trump's ban on um, DACA applicants. Like we were in our group chat, like cheering this out. We we're all like really excited about that. Um, the committee was formed before that, but um, we really want people to be a part of that. So that way we can, you know, now that people can apply help people with applications and advocacy in, in that area the other things really quickly are um, our events so public events which could be uh, raising awareness collaborations with, with other um, organizations protests rallies etc holiday drives we want to really start we were we were behind the mark last year just because there was so many things going on and we were spread so thin so we want to make sure that going forward we are on point so we want to really make sure that this is a, a thing that we're doing constantly is accumulating um, donations and items for holiday drives fundraising 
obviously um, for ourselves to do the work, but also for other organizations and activists as well and other causes. Legislative policy and voting rights. So that one is also a big one where we're wanting to pull more people in because we know at the end of the day that like we can protest, we can march and, and do all these things, but like there has to be some changes in policy. There has to be some reform. So that is what that subcommittee is going to be geared toward. And then obviously voting rights. We don't want to wait until it's like just a few months before it's time to vote to get people involved in the process, especially for our people of BIPOC. We want to create an atmosphere where people are understanding that local elections are very important and they impact us. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it, it starts from the bottom, you know, and goes to the top. So we want people to understand that and um, get the information out. So those are some of our subcommittees. I know it's a lot, but we really want people all throughout the county um, to get involved, just community members and even other um, members and leaders of organizations, because we want the representation for different cities and different people to be there. So it's really important that for, for us that everybody get involved. How can people get more involved? Well, they can um, definitely um, come to one of our meetings. We have one coming up. We, we do them monthly. We have one this Saturday. It's uh, 3 to 4.30. You can register on our website, which is um, www.805smallrresistance.org. It takes like a minute to register. Um, and the meetings, you know, one of the things that we've started to do is implement some curriculum um, anti-racism curriculum, because we know that allies are well-meaning, um, but we also know that sometimes inadvertently people get hurt because there aren't, our, our allies aren't really doing that internalized work. So it's, it's actually really fun and cool to see the different perspectives when we're talking through the, the modules. So it's like 30 days and we do two of them each meeting. And people can also get involved if you don't want to like do what we're doing. Hey, that's okay. We want you to get involved, you know, volunteer at a local organization. We started our hashtag shift the power campaign. Um, and we're actually going to start doing this on a regular basis, but it's a way uh, where we're giving people ideas and information on how to get involved. So um, volunteering at your local food shelter, you know, donating to a, a cause, um, an organization, a local one. So there's, there's many ways that people can get involved. Kathleen Capella is one of our donors on Patreon, and she would like to know, does 805 Resistance have anything planned in the future to work with children, especially at-risk preteens and young teens? Very good question. Um, so a couple of things in the works. Um, we actually were hoping to, to get this off the ground um, last year, but with the election and stuff, it just, it got really crazy. Um, but we are, we have everything together for a uh, tutoring program. The tutoring program, um, it's not specifically towards youth at risk. Um, however, uh, academic risk, yes, um, which leads to other risk, because we know that communities of color were hit harder by COVID and distance learning. And if you look at our local uh, schools, you know, Simi Valley, even CVUSD, our kids, our BIPOC kids were already below average and, and failing miserably. And with COVID, it made it even worse. So we wanted to fill in the gap and help um, give families some some sort of resource for that. So we're, we're doing that. And oh, another thing, 
is mental health and wellness for teens. So with um, within that the subcommittee of the mental health and wellness, we are going to be creating and we're actually collaborating with RISE and other organizations and providers to have um, support groups for BIPOC who have experienced racism in school settings and other settings and just need a safe place to cope and to vent and to be around people who get it and support them. So I've already been building a nice coalition of service providers and people that are on board to support that. So I hope that answers your question. It did, thank you. So what are you most excited for 805 Resistance? That's a good question. I get excited about all, all, all the social justice work because I, I just see it as, as like a ray of hope. I think the thing that I'm most excited about is probably the, the support groups and the work that we're going to be doing through that for, for youth. You know, I, I'm a mom. I have a teenager. He's, we've had our own personal experiences with racism um, in school setting, and my son would probably not probably like is considered one of those youth at risk. He, he has challenges such as ADHD and other things. So the impact that it has on a person's like mental health and, and just their whole entire emotional well-being, it's, it's tragic. It's sad. It's, it's hurtful. It's hard for families to go through. So I'm excited about seeing that work trans transform and transition you know, into something that's really so impactful for our community because I know that it's needed and there's not a lot of, I don't even know one agency right now that is providing that kind of resource. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, yes, I, I want us to all really be conscious about how we carry ourselves, how we treat other people. You know, in this, this movement, um, of, of consciousness of, you know, being anti-racism and activism, people can get cynical. Some people can get as nasty as the oppressors that we're fighting. And for myself personally, that is not how we dismantle systemic racism. That is not how we impact a positive change, um, within our communities and within, you know, our, ourselves and our families. And so I just want for us to really understand and really remember that, this movement, although of course it's a fierce fight, but it needs to be rooted in love as well. And so people need to be conscious of that, how we're treating each other. I see a lot of times, you know, and comments, because I'm a comment creeper, I'm always <laughs> being nosy all up in the comments. And, you know, I see so much vitriol. And myself, I've gotten caught up in it a few times. I broke my rule a, a month or two ago and started arguing with people in comments. And it's something that I made a personal decision not to do for years ago, just because I don't think that we need to continue furthering hate. Um, we, we have to be very strategic about it. We have to be very intentional about the work that we're doing and we need to be covering each other in love. And so I, I think that for me is the message that I would like to send. And I know, you know, at, with us, my team at 805, you know, we all have that foundation. Yeah, we're fierce and, and we get pissed off and we are um, not going to let up. But at the end of it and the beginning of it is love. So I want to leave that message. And then also to allies and people that are supporting the work, 
just be very mindful of yourself in this work because it gets sometimes where you start centering yourselves or it becomes very performative. Um, and I've been noticing this a lot. People are very proud of attending protests and wearing t-shirts and hats and, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, that's, there's people's pain behind that. So stay mindful of that and do your work, you know, do the introspective work it takes to unlearn your own personal biases and, and to be a better ally and to understand you're not going to arrive at being perfect, but you can continue to evolve. So thank you so much for awesome. thank with you. us. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm, I'm really proud of what you guys are doing. I, I thank you for you know, involving us and, you know, I encourage you to keep it going. Thank you so great. much. Thank you. Now we're going to be featuring a local artist. This song is brought to you by Brando, an 18-year-old musician and SVUSD graduate. He's been doing music for about a year and just released his new album, Hereafter. He doesn't stick to one genre of music and you can find his Instagram at brxnd. O O underscore underscore. Here is a clip of his song, Meloria. the rest of the song and more on all music platforms he also runs his own clothing company at brxndooclothing.com thank you so much thank you so much for listening to episode four of radio see me you can follow us on facebook and instagram at radio see me and on twitter at real radio see me remember if you have any ideas suggestions or if you want to come on our show reach out to us at tiny.cc slash Thank you guys, and make sure to tune in next week. <laughs>